Welcome to the Kara's Cures Digital Show and Podcast. I'm Kara Sundland. Today's episode is sponsored by the Center for Advanced Reproductive Services. So at what age should we start talking to our kids about race? Well, today my guest is Carol Maleta. She is a parenting expert, founder of Parenting 411, and DC Mother of the Year in 2019, and a five-time best-selling author. Welcome to you, Carol. Hello, Kara. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, as we celebrate Black History Month, I think a lot of us parents are still confused about how do you teach your kids about race and the best way to have important conversations with young ones. So it's an important topic for our world. I want to ask first, what age do you start talking about race? Well, you can start talking about difference very early on. I mean, race as a construct might be well, would be very difficult for them to to understand. But the fact is that they are soaking up what they're seeing in their world. And so they notice differences. And so a lot of times what happens is that when, especially when it has to do with people and different cultures, parents like to uh, move past that. They don't want to talk about that. And so what that conveys to young children in particular who are just trying to connect the dots in this world is that, oh, that that's something we can't talk about. That's something that's negative. There's something wrong with that if I see people who are different from me. And so that's not what we want to teach them. We want to lean into those conversations and just be upfront. But that yes, that person looks different, has um, has hair that's different from yours. And that's the way it is. Some people have that. We have this. And there's nothing wrong with it. And then also, Start early, diversify their toy box, their their bookshelf, and the media that they're consuming. Allow them to see people from different cultures just operating in different capacities so that they know that, you know, race, as they will come to learn it, does not dictate the roles that people have and can have in society and what people can do and that we can all work together and learn from each other. So, and really this matters no matter what race you are. You might be black or you might be white or you might be Asian. It's just uh, everybody's sort of having the same thing, at least at a young age, of just introducing that difference is part of our experience. Absolutely, absolutely. And just because then that makes it not look like there's something wrong with being different and that there's nothing to fear when they they meet people who have different ideas and, and different ways of celebrating and, and all of that, different perspectives. It's not threatening to them because they understand people are different. And I think sometimes parents shy away because they're not sure the right way to do it. And uh, also in school, so often maybe the message you get is, Hey, everyone's equal. Everyone's equal. But that doesn't mean everyone's the same. And, and that's, I think, the point you're making is that it's OK to be different. Uh, equal yes. is a different term. Right. Absolutely. Definitely not trying to say that, you know, let's not look at color. You know, let's be colorblind and all of that, because we have to recognize that that is very much a part of who everyone is and you know to take that off of the table is to kind of say that you're going to you're going to take away something that makes that means a lot and is very special and unique to their identity you're going to take that off of the table like who decides that we can take that off of the table that that can be very um offensive and threatening to people that are from different cultures yeah and i know you host a radio show down in baltimore you talk about this all the time on parenting 411 tell me about the book that you recently wrote and why you decided to write it oh absolutely so i talked to 
experts in parenting in very different um, areas of expertise. And so very often what was happening since 2020, the shutdown, was that we would always um, circle back to, hey, how's your family coping in this pandemic? And so what I began to hear were stories of uh, being able to slow down. Initially, it was stressful. It was scary. But after they settled into a routine, they began to appreciate the time that they were able to have with family members and with their children, the things they were learning about their children through conversations, and then also an opportunity to just sit and reflect themselves and just, you know, re-examine, is this the life I want to be living? Am I honoring my values? Are there things that I haven't been able to get around to because I've just been so busy um, with work and with the children's activities? Maybe I've strayed away from what I feel is important. So this was a time to reevaluate that and reset. And so I wanted to capture that in a book with parents from across the country. And we hit everything, north, south, east, west, in the middle, including in Nigeria, and Madrid, Spain, outside of our country. And these parents came together to tell those stories about the lessons they learned, the strategies that helped them. And what I felt like too was that um, looking back many years um, from now, um, future generations will be able to see how their parents um, coped in this situation, how their grandparents handled this situation. It will be a part of personal family history. And so the name of the book is The Parenting Odyssey, Trials, Treasures, and Triumphs of Parenting in a Pandemic. It's 15 co-authors and it's truly inspirational. Okay. Okay. And so that particular book is more about what we've been through as a pandemic, or did you notice anything different based on how different races were adjusting? Well, you know, that was the beautiful thing about the book, because different races are represented in the book and different cultures, as I mentioned. And at the core, we have the very same concerns. We want the best for our children. We're concerned about their mental health. We want to provide the right foundation for them so that they can be successful in life. They can go out and create lives that are fulfilling and meaningful for them, that they can make a positive positive contribution to the world. So that was honestly the beautiful uh, thing about the book. And then naturally, every family had their own twist, um, you know, different things that they did. And that was um, very enjoyable to learn about as well. Yeah, and back to talking to our kids about race. You say it's actually important to be conscious of our own biases because that's okay. We all have them. I think everyone's so afraid to say the wrong thing or admit that they thought something wrong in this culture we have right now, which uh, we've got cancel culture. We've got all these problems. And so people are afraid to say anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yes, it, it is. It, it's a very, we should be introspective and should examine some of our um, our previously held beliefs that might not hold true. And there's nothing like little people, having little people in your house who don't have the filters, who don't have this understanding of context to call it like it is. I mean, they, they talk about differences. They notice what you say and how you describe situations or how you describe certain people. And they just ask you very innocent, honest, Quest, honest questions like, why did you say that? Why do you think that way about that person? So um, that it, it is just very important. And, it, and like I said, it can be so enlightening and we can learn so much from each other um, if we break down those barriers. Right. So uh, children are always good mirrors. So we might notice that you have an unconscious bias. I know a lot of companies have been putting people through training of unconscious bias and just figuring out how maybe even if you want to 
um, teach the right things, for lack of a better word. You might be coming from uh, a childhood where you, you don't even realize you had uh, certain, mm-hmm. certain thoughts programmed. So uh, when you talk about kids today, if one of your goal is to raise kind kids, tolerant kids, kids who uh, know how to talk about race, you say it's starting with diversifying the bookshelf at an early age is important. How do you do that? Well, it's about buying books and, and you know, also uh, allowing them to see media that features a diverse array of people in different cultures, you know, different cultures right here in our country, but also um, cultures around the world. Because I feel like when they can see that there are other people who are proud of where they came from, proud of what they believe, proud of their ancestry, then it's not threatening to them. And, it, and they'll know that it doesn't take anything away from them. And, and so it's important for every family to do this, whether you are in um, a, a situation where you are the minor- in the minority. I think the majority culture needs to connect with their culture as well, because then, again, they will understand why this person from this small country, you know, wherever, really wants to hold on to those values and not lose that even though they've come here to the United States, for example. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, on, on the other spectrum, when you talk about majorities, you know, a lot of white children have been learning about the term white privilege and what does that mean? And even coming home with questions like, what does that mean? Are we bad? H- how do you think we should be having those conversations with young people to explain that term that's getting talked about a lot? Right. And so the way that can really be addressed is being honest about our country's history, how this country was formed, how um, not everybody came to this country the same way by choice and and all of that and just what that means. I mean, honestly, just being honest about the history will help. And so then they'll start to understand, you know, when someone talks about white privilege, we are not. It's not that we're saying that you're bad people, but to recognize that the way the country was set up, they were the majority. They set up systems that today are still they're still in place um, in many respects. And so there's a benefit to it. And so it doesn't make, you know, the children or people bad, but recognize it. Recognize it. And. when you when you're advising, um, I know you've done a lot with the educational system, and schools are starting to try and tackle this, um, especially in the last couple of years where we've uh, learned about Black Lives Matter. And I know, at least here in Connecticut, I know they've done a lot of teaching. And I wonder, what do you think of what schools have done so far with the curriculum? Is it the right thing? Are they heading in the right direction? Are we getting this wrong or right? I don't think you can go wrong by telling the truth. By, because, again, just like I talked about earlier with young children, when we avoid certain conversations and all of that, when you avoid this, then it just it just makes it worse. I mean, it just keeps circling back until you deal with it. That's how life is. We can run away from hard, hard choices and hard decisions, but it's just going to keep circling back. And so because the more that we avoid really looking at history and, you know, looking at the Native Americans and, and, and just everyone, you know, that, um, in the, that formed this country, um, the worse it gets, the worse it looks if we could just be honest about it and then move forward together. I mean, look what we've been able to do 
and we still haven't addressed it. Imagine what we could do as a country together if we just were honest about it, owned it, and then decided how we could move forward. Yes, you say basically starting with just giving the facts and then maybe let your kids lead with what questions they have. Yes, and you address them at an age-appropriate level. And this is a conversation that just continues. It's not just this one, let me sit down and tell you how it is. Um, This is something that you're going to be adding to as they get older, as you're going to also complement what they're learning in school or what what you may be learning as a family as you go out to museums or or just other um, cultural sources of information. And you'll just keep adding and keep building and expanding your child's knowledge about it. Mm hmm. So you mentioned bookshelves, and I think uh, I love to give people practical tips. It's a great idea that you might want to get toys that look different, books. But are there any favorites? uh, I know you do this a lot, and you're an expert in this. Are there any favorites that you think parents can start with? Oh, wow. Uh, (laughs) uh, My my children are 22 years old uh, now, but... Um, so, uh, a lot of my a lot of favorite series that I had were actually um, books that sometimes used even animals too, but definitely people of different cultures. But um, there was the Berenstain Bears that you know I still have that collection uh, from my children, and I won't give it away for love or money. <laughs> and then there are other um, there are others, you know, the Arthur series and and just. Uh, you know, just any books. I mean, like I, we went to a lot of book fairs uh, when they were younger. Um, we live here in the Washington, D.C. area, so the Library of Congress used to host that. And we made it a point to pick up books, you know, with Hispanic culture, of course, um, African-American culture, you know, French, German, you know, all of that so that they could see children in different um, in different areas. So it's a great and I do have. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I will say that I do have a resource list, um, and they can and your viewers can um, grab it at carolmaletta.com/slash/blackhistory2022, and I have a few books listed that um, by age that families can um, can dive into as well to learn about different cultures. That's a great resource. So why don't you just say the website again, so that for our listeners, carolmaletta.com. Um, slash Black History 2022. Okay, and Maletta is M-U-L-E-T-A, just like we've seen if you happen to be watching this instead of listening to it, we can see your name on the screen. But for those who are just listening in the car, it's carolmaletta.com. Uh, five-time best-selling author. You also wrote uh, a poignant mini-motherhood memoir, Mother's Work, Pearls of Wisdom and Gems from My Journey. And uh, again, the book you mentioned earlier, The Parenting Odyssey, Trials, Treasures and Triumphs of Parenting in the Pandemic. Um, so enjoy the D.C. area. Love it down there. And we thank you for uh, coming on and talking to us about how we can have these conversations that sometimes people are maybe uncomfortable to have because they don't know how to have them with young people. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Carol. And if you want more content on the cutting edge of wellness, you can watch Kara's Cures right here on the WFSB app. We have many more episodes listed. You can also listen to the Kara's Cures podcast on whatever platform you choose. Just search for Kara's Cures or follow me on social media at Kara Sundlin. I post them there as well. Have a great day and be well.